May God bless you. May God keep you is our prayer. All right. On tonight, on tonight, I want to talk about repentance. Repentance from dead works. Amen. Certainly, this is the first principle of the apostolic doctrine. And I think uh, a lot of what we're suffering today, uh, not only the world, but even the church, uh, people have a lack of repentance. Amen. David said, create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. Come on, somebody. That's a repentant heart. Paul, on one occasion, said we ought to be zealous, zealous to repent, glad to repent, quick to repent. My God, we're living in a time now where people, you can show them fact and, and, and let them know that they're wrong, yet they will not repent. Jesus said himself, all day long, I've stretched forth my arm to a stiff neck and gang sane people. My God, they lifted him high and stretched him wide. He hung his head. My God, it was for you and I that he died. And each and every one of us, we know without the shedding of blood, there was no remission. My God, there was no payment uh, for sin. Amen. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad uh, if we uh, go with the scripture and those malefactors that were hung on the cross with Jesus, my God, one railed the same thing as the others. If you be the Christ, free yourself and free us too. Yet there was one that repented. Come on, somebody. My God said, this man has done nothing amiss, but you and I, we're hanging here justly for our sins. Amen. We have a right uh, to be here. Amen. But this man has done nothing amiss. He showed repentance. Amen. And Jesus turned to him and said, this day, will you be with me in paradise? Amen. A repentant heart, a repentant heart. Amen. Is just what we need as God is dealing with us. Dealing with the church, he's telling us to gather ourselves together, O nation not desired, before the decree uh, come forth, before the wrath, amen, of God is being poured out, amen, he's calling the church to come together, my God, and we can't do that unless we repent and say, Lord, I'm coming in with my hands up. You know, people, they will, they will assemble themselves uh, as long as, you know, we're going to follow their agenda. Well, you don't come over here and follow your own agenda. You come in, Lord, wherever you lead me, that's where I will follow. We are likened as sheep. My God, and sheep are humble. Amen. They are needy. And each and every one of us, we are the sheep of his pasture. Amen. And we have to realize, Lord, I need you. My God, I don't know. I need you to lead me along the way. A repentant heart, lowly in spirit, humble. Amen. That's how we are to approach him. And when God shows us, my God, uh, something that he's not pleased with. Now, there's, there's one thing about, you know, a being with Jesus. He will show you yourself. Yes, he will. 
Yes, he will. We all have those friends. Uh, you maybe have gone out to, to dinner with them or you gone out to the mall or you gone out to a meeting. Amen. And they have done something to embarrass you. Amen. <laughs> and you say, well, I'm not going to call it out because this is the last time I'm going to lunch. I'm going to a meeting or I'm going to be seen in public with this individual. So there's no need for us to get into no uh, conflict. But then there's others that you say, well, hold on now. If you and I are going to be friends, uh, you can't conduct yourself like that. If we're going to continue to be with one another, amen, uh, I, I can't, you know, allow you to be around me and, and conduct yourself in that manner, amen. So when we're walking with Jesus, he's going to show you yourself. Amen. And a repentant heart says, Lord, I'd rather have you than to hold on to that. Paul said, I'll let nothing, I'll let nothing separate me from the love of my God. My God, Lord, I rather have you. Says somebody can have silver and gold and another can have riches untold, but I'll take Jesus. Amen. I'll take Jesus for mine. So repentance, repentance from dead works. All right, pastor, what is dead works? Dead works is anything that you're doing trying to save yourself. Anything that you think is going to save you. My God, the Bible says there's no other name given unto heaven among men whereby we must be saved. There's nothing can save us but the shed blood of Jesus Christ. My God, what could make me whole again? Nothing but the blood. My God, what can make me white as snow? Nothing but the shed blood of my Savior, Jesus Christ. My God, so if you think your upbringing, your education, your culture, your morals, your values, your intellect, your education, your family background. My God, any of these things that are going to save you, it's dead works. Repentance from dead works. Amen. Turn even from yourself unless a man deny himself. My God, you have to uh, take up your cross and follow him and say, Lord, I can't save myself. I need you to save me. Amen. I need you to carry me along the way. Amen. Repentance, turning away a godly sorrowfulness for what you have done. God is requiring true repentance. Amen. My God, uh, a godly sorrowfulness that I've done the wrong thing. Now I'm going to do the right thing. I'm not going to do the wrong thing anymore. Come on, somebody. That's what God is calling for. Not a facade. He said with their lips, my God, these people, they do honor me. But with their heart, their heart is far from me. My God, who is my Brother, who is my sister? Come on, somebody. My mother. 
He said, those that do the will of my father. Come on, somebody. My God, it's going to be more than just lip service. Oh, I love the Lord. And, and ain't nobody more Christian than I am. And you no, know, that, that's, that's not going to do. He said, follow peace with all men and what? Holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> so it has to be his, what God calls holy. <clears throat> what he holds as a standard. Holiness is God's standard. It's not what you want it to be, what you watered it down to be and, and the parts that you've taken out and, and the parts that you eliminated. No, holiness is what God says it is. My God, and we all have to live up to God's holy standard. All right, we're going to start with the principles of the doctrine that's found in Hebrews 6. <clears throat> Hebrews 6. Um, 1 and 2. He says, uh, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again. This is the foundation. Repentance from dead works. Number one, faith toward God. Number two, of doctrine of baptisms. Number three, of laying on of hands. Number four, of resurrection of the dead. Number five, and of eternal judgment. Number six, come on somebody. My God, leaving the principles. All right. He started out here in uh, Hebrews 5 and 12 and saying, for when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. Uh, we should have been to the point where we could to spiritually mature. We could teach others. because, But because we have not matured, and he was talking to a certain group of Hebrews here, and it's applicable also to us that have not gone on to higher heights and deeper debts in God. He, it's, he's now talking about you, talking about each and every one of us have not matured to the point we ought to. All right. He said, instead of teaching others, you have need one teach you, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. Come on, somebody. He talked about strong meat belonging to them that have full use. Amen. Stay in this thing. Uh, practice this thing. Perfect this thing. My God, this thing must be perfected in each and every one of us. My God. And then he goes on to verse uh, chapter six, verse one. He says, therefore, anytime you see therefore, wherefore in the Bible, the writer is building on a point or a fact he's already established. All right. So he's building on something he's already said and you can substitute since this is a fact. All right. Let's do that. Uh, uh, Hebrews six and one. Since this is a fact, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. You can't leave something until you get it. All right. You know, individuals say, well, he's saying don't worry about the principles and just go on to perfection. No, he's saying get the principles. You can't leave a room until you get in the room. Amen. My God, 
get the principles because I want to perfect. There's more than just the ABCs. Uh, there's the XYZs. He's talking about strong meat. My God. Uh, what are you talking about, Pastor, when the scriptures say, you know, we ought to love our enemies and do good to them that would despitefully use us? Oh, my God. Now, that's that's some strong that that'll make you choke. <laughs> my God. Uh, when you think about those individuals that, you know, uh, you know, uh, they rub you the wrong way. They, they were the ones that. Uh, Broke the cam, the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, somebody, you've been travailing with them a long time, and it just just can't seem to get it right. They get on your last nerve. Come on, somebody. My God. So we have to be. We have to even love them, and be even patient with them. Now that's some. That's some strong meat. All right. Let us go on to perfection. He wants to perfect this thing in each and every one of us. Then we have the, the principles of the doctrine, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. And that's remember, that's the first one. That's key. Repentance is the first thing. That is key. Faith toward God, doctrine of baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. My God, six principles that make up what we call the apostolic foundation. My God, 1 Corinthians 3 and 11 talks about for other foundation can no man lay, that is laid, uh, which is Jesus Christ. We're standing on the sure foundation. There is no other foundation. Come on, somebody. Uh, that's why you all hear me say there is no apostles today. The apostles were the foundation layers, my God. And Jesus Christ himself was the chief cornerstone. So they lay the foundation. If you know anything about building, they lay the cornerstone. The foundation lay, lines up with that cornerstone. They finish the foundation. Uh, the foundation layers gone off the scene, but the, the cornerstone remains. Amen. So no other foundation can be laid other than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. And once we get that foundation and we're going further than the foundation now, because the Lord is soon to come. God is perfecting. He's coming for those without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Amen. So he's perfecting his church right now. Amen. Putting on the last few touches. Uh, we are adorning ourselves. Amen. Making ourselves ready for the bridegroom. Amen. And certainly each and every one of us, it ought to behoove us. I want to get these principles and I want to go on. And we're just talking about the first one on tonight. All right. They had been 1500 years working under the law. Never, ever, as scriptures say, ever learning, but never coming into the knowledge of the truth because they took the word of God and mixed it with tradition. Amen. Jesus said, with your tra tradition, you have made void the laws of God. We can't take anything that's pure and mix it with something else and come up with a pure result. And the only thing that is pure is God's word. 
In the beginning was the word. Come on, somebody. My God. We can't take that, which is pure, and mix it with, you know, what I want truth to be and what I think truth is and what we, uh, you know, uh, negotiate it to be and then try to mix it with God's word, we've tainted it. We've ruined it. We've wrecked it. Come on, somebody. God's word is complete. He said, if any man add anything to it, let him be accursed. If any man take anything from it, let him be accursed. It's complete as it stands. My God. So stop trying to save yourself and say, Lord, I'm coming in with my hands up. I'm, I'm a wretch undone. Come on, somebody. My God, and I need you to lead me along the way. So much is happening. So much is going on uh, today, saints. My God. And uh, just if we just think about uh, both John and Jesus Uh, the beginning of their ministries. They said, repent ye, for the kingdom of God is at hand. They both, these two great men, amen, came on the scene and that was the beginning of their ministry and that is the beginning of the uh, principles of our apostolic doctrine. Repentance, my God, repentance is the first thing. If we think about uh, Jesus when he um, stopped uh, and looked up in the tree and saw Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was low in stature and he climbed up into the tree because Jesus, the great choreographer, was coming through town. And Jesus stopped where he was and said, Zacchaeus, come down here. I must eat. At your house. Amen. I must sup at your house. Amen. And then the people go to talking. Well, he, you know, he, he's, a, you know, meeting with publicans and sinners and tax collectors. Well, Zacchaeus was a tax collector and he was known for cheating the people. But when he had an encounter with Jesus, what did he do? The first thing he did was repent. My God. He said, now listen, what I stole, I'm giving it back fourfold. And a half of my goods, I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to the poor. Uh, he done stole a whole lot of stuff. If he can give what he stole back fourfold and, and then half of what's left of that, he's going to give to the poor. So what was that? That was repentance. That's the first thing. That's if God is going to deal with your heart. Deal with you, be effective. If you're going to be effective in the seeing God's face in peace, repentance, my God, repentance is number one. The problem today is you can show people fact. They've been in something for so long, they refuse to repent. My God, I, I, it makes me think about uh, Dumas Chapel back in in Bell Fountain, uh, Mississippi. Uh, Dumas was the largest family uh, when they were building the church, so it was named after my family. It's called Dumas Chapel, and it's a Methodist church. They believe in three. Say amen, one for the Father, 
Amen. One for the Son. Amen. One for the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. My God. But all of these three are just one. And when my family got the revelation, I would have to say it would be my father, amen, got the revelation, amen, he had to come out of the Methodist church. Uh, you know, God will shine the light. He'll show you the errors of your way. And when he shines the light and reveals him to his truth, who do men say that I am? Well, some say you're this and some say you're that. Well, who do you say that I am? Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Come on, somebody. My God, blessed art thou, thou Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood, you didn't get this revelation from yourself. Flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you. But it was a revelation that only comes from my father. Everybody don't know who Jesus is. And when he reveals himself to you, then it is your responsibility to come out of that situation. Got to go. Abraham, where you going? My God, I'm going, I'm looking for a city, city whose builder and maker is God. Come on, somebody. My God, each and every one of us, amen, we have to be zealous to come out, you know, even our study of Revelation and it revealed some things to us. Uh, you know, everybody don't handle truth um, the same way. Come on, somebody. My God, even in Jesus' day, he said, well, which of my good works do you want to stone me to death? That's exactly you. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to stone him for his good works. And they will want to stone you too. Because we're living in a time that's difficult for Christian service because they're calling right wrong and wrong right. My God. Amen. But we have to be instant in season, not a season. Come on, somebody, reprove and rebuke. Amen. Preach it when they'll uh, accept it and preach it when they don't. Live this life when it's popular. Live this life when it's not. Come on, somebody, speak up for Jesus. When they will persecute you, speak up for Jesus. Uh, when they will applaud you, my God. Jeremiah said, I've been fooled. I've been bamboozled. I'm not going to speak of this thing anymore. He was locked up in prison, but a word from the Lord came. He found out it was just like fire. It's part of my DNA. Come on, somebody. I can't sit down on this thing. I have to be who I am, true to who I am. My God, each and every one of us, we have to be committed, amen, to the cause, uh, the, the, the ministry wherewith we are called it. We're stewards of the mysteries of Christ. Amen. The, the gatekeepers, the safekeepers. Amen. And we have to be who God says we are. And we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. My God, it also reminds me of the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus was there and they said, let us make a, a tabernacle. One for you, Jesus. One for Moses and one for Elias. Come on, somebody. And then the cloud came. 
My God, and a voice said, this is my beloved son. My God. And when the dust had settled, wasn't nobody but Jesus. Wasn't nobody but Jesus. Amen. And even as I say in the study of Revelation, amen, the revealing of the end times, apocalyptic language, apocalyptic, um, the removing of the veil. When God finally gets his bride and uh, the false church realize who Jesus is. Everybody, the atheists don't know. They don't believe that there is a God. They don't know that Jesus is his name. John 6 and 24, except you believe that I'm he. Uh, you're going to die in your sins. Uh, that's John 6, uh, 6 and 40 or 6 and 42, right around in there. Amen. Except you believe that I'm he, you're going to die in your sin. It's going to be revealed who Jesus is because it said at that name, Jesus, every knee is going to bow. Now, you may not repent and confess him now, but there's going to come a time. My God, everything created is going to acknowledge its creator. Even on your way to hell, you will have to acknowledge, my God, that there is a God and Jesus is his name. At that name, Jesus. Look at that in John 6 and 42. <clears throat> I think I done called a couple scriptures now. <clears throat> Let's find it. John 6. Let's see here. All right, that scripture is eluding me right now. Hold on a second here. Y'all bear with me. Or somebody probably know where it is. Type it out in the comments.
See if I can pick it up. Uh, all right, John 8. John 8 and 24. I wasn't even close. I did go to John 8. This is written in, in red in your Bible. John 8 and 24. I say, I say therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. That's written in red right in your Bibles. Except you believe that I am he. Come on, somebody. My God. There is a God and his name is Jesus. And except you believe that I'm he, you're going to die. Every knee shall bow at that name Jesus. Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that there is a God and Jesus is his name. All right. Second Peter 1 and 12. Second Peter 1 and 12. What does Peter says? Wherefore, I would not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Amen. It's Apostle Peter says we need to rehearse these things, though we know them. Amen. And be established in the present truth. Amen. And certainly uh, we must have truth. Jesus told the woman, uh, ye worship what ye know not what, but we know the God in whom we worship. Come on, somebody. For the Father seeks such to worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We must have his spirit on the inside of us. Amen. That spirit must be fed truth. My God. That's what we must have. Amen. We must have his spirit and we must have his truth. Now, praise. I talked a little bit uh, about that on Sunday. Praise is different than worship. You can praise him with your lips. Come on, somebody. And with their lips, they do honor me, but their heart. Now, worship puts the whole body. My God. Uh, when I worship him, then my body, my heart, my soul, everything, my, my lips, everything is involved in it. That means my body belongs to God. My thoughts belong to God. My ways belong to God. Come on, somebody. My behavior, my thinking. When I worship him, every part of my being, oh, magnify the Lord with me, my God, and let us exalt his name together. Amen. My whole body, amen, my whole being is yielded unto him. It's different to worship him 
than to praise him. Amen. God wants us to worship him. How? In spirit and in truth. Apostle Peter said, I would not be doing my job if I didn't rehearse these things in your hearing. Come on, somebody. Though you know them and be established in the present truth. Amen. Many times when we don't rehearse things, we forget it. Amen. Amen. I've had many uh, combination locks that I've had to throw away. Because every time I would go to that lock and I can do that combination and I do it on a regular basis. I'm talking about even when I was younger. <laughs> I'm talking about locks I used to put on my locker in high school. Put it in your bag and, and don't look at it again until the fall. You pull that lock out. If you didn't write that combination down, it's gone. The summer have erased it away. My God. So when we don't rehearse this thing, amen, uh, the reading of our scriptures, amen, living holy, being holy, my God, conducting ourselves in a holy fashion and a holy, yeah, you actually lose it. Evil communication does corrupt good manners. Amen. So this thing must be rehearsed. Amen. Repentance is always key. Now, I know many of you probably um, saw those that are interested in politics probably looked at the president at the um, State of the Union on last night, giving his address uh, to America. And there was a um, confrontation between Mitt Romney and um, George Santos. You all remember George Santos is the one that got elected in New York and lied about everything. He lied about his uh, educational background. He lied about his work experience. He have schemed and um, uh, taken money on a GoFundMe account that was set up for a veteran. Uh, lied about his mother uh, being in, in the towers on 9-11. Turns out she was out of the country. Well, uh, Mitt Romney, when he got to George Santos coming into the people's house, the Capitol, he told George Santos, you are an embarrassment to the Republican Party. My God. And uh, they mixed words and and they interviewed uh, Romney and asked him, well, we all know what it was all about. <laughs> Uh, Romney was uh, appalled that he would be down the center aisle. Now he he he's he's running down and get get a a, a seat in the center aisle so he can greet the president and and possibly you know get a selfie with the president of the United States. My God, and and uh, Romney is telling him, "You are an embarrassment. You ought to be sitting somewhere in the back." But there's no, re he, he's not repentant at all for the lies that he's told, the life that he lived. Come on, somebody.
He has no shame. He has no remorse. As a matter of fact, when he was supposed to be um, installed on, on the floor uh, of the Capitol, he brought his two children there to watch. Is there no shame? Is there any remorse for the lies that you have uh, told? My God. And he don't have no shame. He, there's no repentance in him. The whole lot of them. My God. And this is uh, where we are today. People, when you show them the truth, they're confronted with the truth. They're just as defiant. Now, let's not just uh, put this on the world. Let's talk about us. The church, the body of Christ. When God reveals unto you something that he's not pleased with in our lives. My God, repentance has to take hold. I know somebody, it has to be the first thing. Lord, I'm sorry. My God, I'd rather have you than to hold on to this. And if we're going to walk with God and have a relationship with God, come on, somebody, what did he say? Those that I love, I do what? Ain't nobody going to spank me. I'm three times seven. I, I know what I'm doing. No, no, no. Lord, I don't know. And if you're not pleased with that, I, I'm willing to let it go. Repentance. God is going to show you yourself. My God. He said, I counsel you to buy of me gold that's tried in the fire. Oh, yeah. That stuff that I don't like in you, it's got to come out. And in one way or another, He's going to get it out of you. Oh, yes. And the quicker you repent and let it go, the better off you're going to be. Come on, somebody. My God. And, you know, God is working on us all. Amen. But time is winding up. Amen. And we're working out our soul salvation with fear and trembling. My God. Uh, not that I'm fearing him, that he's my enemy. I don't want him to come back and my work is yet undone. He still haven't got all that stuff that's not pleasing to him out of me. And if I have a repentant spirit, it ought to come right out and have no problem. Lord, you ain't gonna have no problem with me. My God, I'd rather have you than to hold on to it. All right. Let's look in Genesis, the fourth chapter, verses six through eight. It said, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou dost well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou dost not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked to Abel, his brother, and it came to pass that when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and became the first murderer in human history. All because he would not 
repent. Come on, somebody. My God. Repentance is required of God from the first dispensation of innocence all the way to the dispensation of grace in which we live today. Repentance is always required. Come on, somebody. My God. Certainly we know that Adam had plunged the whole human race into sin. But uh, him raising uh, little Cain and Abel, they were taught the ways of God. Amen. That God was going to require a sacrifice of them. Amen. And how Cain, amen, uh, it was um, Abel, the uh, tender of sheep. Cain was a tiller of the ground, amen. And Abel took his sheep and took the best of the best and offered them unto God. Well, Cain, being a tiller, of the ground, he brought vegetables. And I, I believe this is where they got the term, you can't get blood out of a turnip. Now, what Cain was supposed to do, amen, was to barter with his brother, amen, and, and take, I don't care if it was 10 loads of, of, of vegetables for one sheep, amen, and brought what God required God required a blood sacrifice. They knew this. Amen. And when he offered his offering or his sacrifice unto God, God spoke to him. And the Lord said, and I'm back in verse six, Genesis four and six. And the Lord said unto Cain, why are you wrong? What are you getting mad about? And why is your countenance falling? He got mad and he pouted. That don't mean nothing to God. You think, you know, this is the issue that we have now today. People feel that, you know, I ought to be able to offer what I think is righteousness unto God, which is holiness unto God, or what I think is acceptable. Come on, somebody. We are to be that living sacrifice. My God holy and acceptable unto God, which is what? Our reasonable service. All right. Well, I can't turn around and just give, I give you what I got. Give you what I'm willing to give you. That's not the proper attitude. And when Cain, his sacrifice was denied, God did not accept it. He got mad and his countenance failed. Look at verse seven. If thou does well, now you've done the wrong thing. If you will repent and do the right thing, I will accept you. My God. And this is indicative of the lives that we live today. Well, you know, I'm not always all the way, you know, saved, but I'm, I'm trying and I'm struggling and, you know, this and that. And you know how we say, the Lord knows my heart and I ain't as bad as so-and-so. No, no, no. Somebody said, I'm running, trying to make a hundred. 
because 99 and a half, I, I think a lot of people are not even getting the 99, ain't even hitting in the 90s, maybe not even in the 70s. And they feel that that ought to be acceptable. I mean, George Santos on the House uh, floor in the Capitol, uh, Mitt Romney said, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You sitting up here trying to get a selfie with the president. You are an embarrassment to this party. You know somebody? And God is saying, if I be God, if Mitt Romney can have that, that uh, kind of tenacity and, and, and sternness and boldness, what about God? We just going to offer anything under God? Now you've done the wrong thing, but if, verse 7 again, if thou does well, if thou does well, shalt thou not be accepted? If you will repent and give me a blood sacrifice, a blood offering, I'll accept you. Come on, somebody. And if thou does not well, sin lieth at the door. And verse 8, and Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. My God, murder. First murderer in human history. All because he failed to repent. Now, don't listen. Don't think that this is, well, that happened there, but that ain't going to happen to me. You know, a lot of times we feel that, you know, um, we feel that we don't smell or we don't stink or your stuff ain't messy, you know. Well, I ain't as messy as, you know. Don't think if you don't repent. Yeah, I'm, I'm reminded of that scripture. It's probably in here. Uh, the Galileans that uh, shared with Jesus how Pilate had took those individuals and mixed their blood with sacrifice and offered them unto the gods. And Jesus said, do you suppose these Galileans were bigger sinners because they suffered such things? Jesus said, I tell you, nay, except you all repent, ye shall likewise perish. You know, individuals, well, you know, I ain't doing what so-and-so doing, you know, or, you know, the sister with the baby bump. Everybody likes to condemn the baby bump. It's kind of the woman with the issue of blood. Not, I'm sorry, the woman that was caught in the act. Everybody drug her out there, but where is the, where is the man? And who are all the peeping times that was caught them in the act? Oh, somebody, do you suppose, my God, because the way they died, they were greater sinners? He said, I tell you nay, except you all repent, ye shall likewise, probably not in the same way, not the same method, but we will all die. My God except you believe that I'm he, you're going to die in your sins. There are those that refuse to acknowledge truth, refuse to 
uh, yield themselves to the right way. Come on, somebody. My God. And certainly we know what the end of them shall be. All right, look at Numbers 23, 19. We call this a lot. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. How they said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Numbers 23 and 19. God is the only one that had no need of repentance. Everybody else, he said, all that ever came before me were thieves and robbers. You know, a lot of people, you know, they talk about those individuals that have come uh, before Jesus. <laughs> well, we, 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 we talking about the, all those of the Old Testament and John the Baptist and this and that. Jesus said, all that ever come before me were thieves and robbers. Now, that, that's not that he couldn't save them. Come on, somebody. My God. We're going to get technical about it. All of us are sinners saved by grace. We're no different than they were. Amen. All right. So God was the only one that has no need of repentance. He was just like us in every way, yet he was without sin. God is not a man. He became a man to redeem mankind back to himself. My God, hallelujah. We read the scripture. Um, my father worketh hitherto, <clears throat> and I work. Uh, Jesus, what are you talking about? My father, God in creation. He, the one that uh, hung the stars in place. The, uh, the one that said, let there be light. And separated the light from the darkness. Separated the dry uh, land from the oceans and the seas. Come on, somebody. My God, that caused all living things uh, to come to be. But in the sixth day, the sixth day of man, my God, God had gone as far as he could. God as creator. Now he needs a body to die. Good God Almighty. He needs a body that can shed blood. He needs a body, my God, that can pay the price. My God, get us out of the slave market, the mess, the muck, and the mire that we were in. He needed a body. God in creation, my father worketh hitherto. He's gone as far as he can go, and I work. Woo, who wouldn't serve a God like this? Step down 40 in two generations and unrobed himself of his divinity, my God, and put on humanity. And the Bible said, he that knew no sin became sin for us. That's enough to shout on right there. My God, mm. who wouldn't serve a God like this? Mm. Can't nobody do it but Jesus. All right. 
Look at Numbers 23 and 19 again. God is not a man. He became a man that he might redeem mankind to himself. Uh, but he was not the kind of man that lies. My God. Neither the son of man that he needed or had need of repentance. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? My God, even as a Christian father, Christian parent, uh, churchgoer, baptized in Jesus' name and filled up with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I made promises that I could not keep. Come on, somebody. My God. Because when I made the promise, I, I couldn't take everything into consideration. Not that I intentionally deceived my children or anyone. I simply didn't know. And sometimes it, it, we're talking about, you know, a death in the family, a death of a saint, a, a, a financial crisis, a health emergency. We can't say that about God. Amen. He knows the end from the beginning. So when he makes a promise, uh, he knows. Come on, somebody. Hath he not said? Uh, let me see. Uh, that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? Come on, somebody. When he speaks, when he makes a promise, everything must line up. You know, when I make a promise, a whole lot of stuff can go wrong and, and go haywire. And it seems like, my goodness, everything is going wrong. But when God speaks, everything must line up with the word of God. Come on, somebody. My God. God is the only one. He's the only man that has no need of repentance. Everybody else. Come on, somebody. Repentance is key. First Kings 8, 46 and 47 talks about those that have been taken captive. First Kings 8, 46 and 47 if they sin against thee, for there is no man that sinneth not, and thou be angry with them, and deliver them to the enemy, so that they carry them away captives unto the land of their enemy, far or near, look at verse 47, yet if they shall bethink themselves, even in the land whether they were carried captives, and do what? Repent, repent, my God. Who was it told my father, give me everything, the prodigal son, give me everything I got coming. I'm out of here. Rolled out of there with a pocket full of money and a car full of friends. My God, you got, you got, you got money and a car? 
Oh my goodness, you got a whole lot of friends. But if you don't have those, you don't have no money and you ain't got no car, <laughs> you'll find out who your friend truly is. Prodigal son said, Father, I know how to live my life better than you. Give me what I got coming. Give me my inheritance. And I'm going to go and live my own life. Hmm. My God. Bible said it went to a far country. Not geographically. You know, sometimes we think a far country, maybe Alaska, they went, went to... Went to Asia, went to somewhere, no, far from what you've been taught. Some of us, you ain't gone far, but you're far from what you've been taught, far from what you've been raised. You used to honor God, but you don't honor God no more. You used to pray, but you don't pray God no pray to God no more. You don't even say grace over your food no more. You don't even get up in the morning and acknowledge God anymore. You're in a far country. My God. Uh, got involved in riotous living. Lost all that he had. Come on, somebody. Good life. Buying the drinks. Uh, Las Vegas tables. Come on, somebody. After he lost all of his money, uh, then there was a famine came in the land. If that, if that wasn't bad enough, here comes the famine. And now he's got to take a job tending swine. Now, you all know what Jews think about pork. My God. Here, number one, it's an insult that a king's child will take a job. That's an insult to the king. Uh, you mean to tell me uh, I can't provide for my own? Not only that, he's tending swine. My God. And if that wasn't bad enough, he was getting ready to get down and eat with the swine. But what happened? Look at verse 47. Yet if they shall bethink themselves in the land, whether they were carried captive and repent and make supplication unto thee in the land of them that have carried them away captive, saying, we have sinned and we've done perversely. We have committed wickedness. The prodigal son said, my father have servants. Come to yourself. Got servants living better than I am. I think I'm going to go back to my father's house. My God. The father being typical of God. Saw him afar off. Come on, somebody. My God. And the scripture said, well, listen, don't, don't, don't. Y'all don't look. Act like y'all don't see him. Let him drag his sorry. Said, look at him. Look at him. Let him drag his sorry old self in here. 
Nothing doing, the father ran and fell on his neck, embraced him, gave him a hug. And look how sad he was. Y'all can get the scripture. He lost his coat. He lost his ring. He lost his shoes. He, he coming back just about butt naked. He said, go get a coat. Come on, somebody, and clothe him, robe him. Get some shoes and put some shoes on his feet. Get a ring and put it on his finger. Kill the fatted calf. We're going to celebrate. My brother was dead. My son was dead. Come on, somebody. My God. He, he, yet he came to himself, 47 again, yet if they shall bethink themselves in the land, whether they were carried captive and repent and make supplication unto thee in the land of them that have carried them captive saying, we have sinned, repent and acknowledge that you've done wrong. My God, we have the hardest problem repenting and acknowledging what we have done wrong. Come on, somebody. See, pride is saying, no, I ain't, you know, uh-uh. I ain't, I ain't admitting to nothing. Our legal system is made up that way. You got lawyers that will uh, rigorously defend you and they know you're guilty. Go in there and you plead uh, not guilty. And you put on a whole uh, case, uh, you know, uh, you, your argument trying to prove that uh, you're not guilty when you're guilty as guilty can be. And spiritually, we'll do the same thing. We're guilty, yet we'll put on the facade. We'll, we'll, we'll play the, you know, the role of a fool. You know, no, I, you ain't fooling nobody but yourself. When a man thinketh he's something when he's nothing, you ain't fooling nobody but yourself. My God, that's what the scripture says. Amen. New Testament says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Old Testament says there is no man that sinneth not, not just a just man upon the earth. There is none good. There is none righteous. Come on, somebody. My God. People say, well, see, can't nobody be saved. Yes, they can. If they would bethink themselves. Come on, somebody. If they will repent and turn to God. Paul said Hymenaeus and Philetus were to be expelled, not to get rid of them, but they might be shamed. See, people ain't got no shame no more. And that's what Mitt Romney was upset with George DeSantis. Here you are in the center aisle and you want to have a selfie with the president and you ain't nothing. You are a disgrace. Is there no shame? You ought to be back in the back of the room. Is there no shame? My God, people don't have no shame no more. And it makes it real hard because, you know, 
Hymenaeus and Philetus were uh, were to be shunned that they might be shamed. Now, people, when they go against the church, go against the pastor, they got about 10 or 20 people to go along with, see their side of the story. Oh, girl, you know, that ain't all bad. Oh, well, you know, I don't, you know, I agree with you. If the church would stick together and let the person be shamed for what they do, there's a possibility of them coming back into the good graces of God, coming back into the church. But when they're shunned and half the church go out there with them, well, I must not have done nothing wrong. All y'all agree. My God. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Let us come to ourselves and be thinking, if thou dost well, you, you've done the wrong thing, repent. Shall you not be accepted? My God. But if you don't sin, lieth at the door. My God. All right. Anybody can be saved. And I heard this one. Uh, it made me cringe. I was at the funeral of a young gangbanger. And uh, the old secular preacher was preaching. And he was talking about those malefactors that hung on the cross with Jesus. And he was using that scripture and he said, when Jesus turned to the one malefactor and said that um, this day will you be in paradise, he said, look at that. that, that drug addict, that pimp, that crook, he's going to be with Jesus. Failing to teach repentance, not the fact that the man repented. And now he's going to be with him in paradise. No, he, he looked right over that, that crook, that pimp, that dope addict. Now he's, he's going to be with Jesus. Not rightly dividing the word of truth. In other words, somehow you're going to live the old life the way you want to live it. And you're going to go home and, and be with Jesus one day. Not so, not so. My God. God said they'll be cast into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And your worm shall never die. My God. Job 42, five through seven, Job 42. I think we talked about this on uh, Sunday too. Job 42, 5 through 7. God in dealing with Job. And he's dealing with us in our attitude. Come on, somebody. Uh, your your, uh, your uh, difficult disposition. You know, we're, we're just like Cain. You know, we're, we're mad and we're, our continence has fallen. And we're wondering why God don't give us what we want. You know, while we're having such a hard time, we're while we're falling on hard times. Come on, somebody. And we're not living our lives. 
in accordance to God's word and his will for our life. God is saying, if you do well, shall not thy be accepted. But if you don't, sin lieth at the door. My God. Look at this, Job 42, 5 through 7. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye seeth thee. Wherefore, since this is a fact, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temite, My wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends, for you have not spoken of me the thing that is right, as my servant Job hath. My God. Talked about Job and how he had, uh, well, if you read the, um, the book of Job, it, it talks about how Job was upright in every way. Uh, how he eschewed evil. Amen. Evil didn't stay uh, at his door. Amen. If you have a bank account and you have, um, let's say, $500 in it and it go, that account goes abandoned, uh, the bank is required by law to eschew it to the state. All right. And the reason they eschew it to the state is because the state is sovereign. Um, if you had $500 in an account and it went abandoned for 10 years, you could lawfully come back and claim that money along with all any interest that's due. All right. Uh, but since uh, the bank is required by law to eschew that money to the state, the state can hold on to it forever. And when you go and file uh, the, what do they have, the money, uh, missing money or unclaimed money, go to the website and, and uh, fill all in the information and provide your social security, maybe something you left on. Uh, in the layaway at Art Van, Kmart, or wherever it was, and it was $50, well, the state's going to give you $50. I don't care if it's been 50 years. The money has been eschewed to the state. The bank don't hold on to it. Well, Job eschewed evil. It didn't stay with him. Didn't stick with him. Come on, somebody. No, uh-uh. He had nothing to do with it. Job sacrificed just in case any of my sons have committed evil. My God, he was an upright man in every way. Well, when Job had his first wave of trouble, he maintained his integrity. And then the, uh, the devil came back again and said, well, listen, if you let me afflict his body, I've taken his stuff and all of that, and he seemed to you know, do pretty well, but if you let me afflict his body, I'll make him curse you to your face. My God. So God said, okay, but his soul belongs to me. 
And here we go. Job broke out in all kinds of rashes and diseases and uh, so much so that his, his wife said, man, why don't you just curse God and die? The Bible said he could take pot sheared and uh, that's like a broken uh, terra pot, clay pot and rub it down his arm. He had so much pus and, and infection in his skin, he could just scrape it and slap it to the ground. My God. And um, here comes his friends, Bildad and Zophar and uh, Eliphaz, um, saying, Job, well, well, what have you done? He, Job said, I, I haven't done nothing. Hmm. My God. Well, what did Job do wrong? He justified himself, but he didn't justify God. He should have said, well, you know, I haven't done anything wrong, but I find no fault in God. Come on, somebody. My God, though he slay me, I'm still going to trust him. That's not. Now, Job wasn't to that point. That wasn't until later on. When Job was going through, he said, find the day on the calendar that I was born and exit out. He cursed the day that he was born. My God. And God had to appear unto Job in the whirlwind. And Job said, I've heard thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye seeth thee. Wherefore I abhor myself and I repent in dust and ashes. Come on, somebody. And Job had to repent unto God. Now, this is one of that's this is one of those strong meat scriptures because you know that's when I begin the question now God you mean to tell me uh somebody you know I lose my job and uh, I, I lose my money and I lose my retirement and I, I lose my family my children are killed and uh, my house is burned and my cars are stolen come on somebody you're concerned about what I say about you <laughs> my God, yes, God is concerned what you say about him. He has a reputation to uphold. Come on, somebody. My God, when you're talking about, well, you know about Jesus, he's all right. You got to sing that in the valley. You got to be willing to sing that in the valley. My God. He justified himself, but he failed to justify God. My God, and each and every one of us ought to say, I will bless the Lord at all times. My God, when I'm up, I'll bless him. When I'm down, I bless him. My God, Job got to the point. He said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, somebody. My God. That's what we ought to be every time, every day of our life. Amen. I'm willing to justify God. Amen. My God. Each and every one of us, we need to be concerned. Amen. 
We need to be concerned and willing to repent. Amen. Willing to repent because God is concerned. Amen. What you say about him, even in your rough time, you got to be willing. Amen. To have a repented heart. Amen. All right. Ezekiel 18 and 13, 18 and 30. This is another one. God is concerned about our attitude, the way we do the things that we do. The reason you do the things that you do. Ezekiel 18 and 30. He says, therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, saith the Lord God, repent and turn yourselves from all your transgressions, so iniquity shall not be your ruin. Come on, somebody. Iniquity don't have to lead to your ruin. Come on, somebody. You know, I don't believe that, you know, we um, miss a day of uh, church and, and somehow we're not going to be saved. I do believe that you, if you miss enough church, you're not going to be saved. Because the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourself as the man of some are. And if you read down in, in Hebrews 10, and I believe it's 27, he said, he then calls it a willful sin. To know to do and not to do is a willful sin. Come on, somebody. What was done at Calvary's cross is of none effect. In other words, you walked right out of your blood covering. I don't believe that, you know, if the family decided we're taking a staycation and we're going to, you know, on Sunday, we're not going to go to church. On Wednesday, we're not going to go to Bible class. We're going to have some family time. I don't believe that individuals will not be saved as a result of that. <clears throat> I don't believe that an individual that comes home every now and again. Um, we don't have this excuse now, but, you know, since we can come home and we basically can uh, go to Bible class online virtually. But I don't believe that um, an individual that um, comes home and says, I'm tired and I'm in for the evening. You know, many times you um, have had a hard day and I've had days where I fell asleep right at the traffic light. My God, get home and, and you just did to the world. It would be unsafe for you to travel back out to Bible class. I don't believe that, you know, uh, when that happens occasionally, somebody will not be saved. But when you make a habit of not coming to church, when you make a habit of not praying, when you make a habit of not seeking God first, when you make it a habit of not reading your Bible, 
not consulting God, not coming to Bible class, not assembling yourself as the manner as we should. I believe that iniquity will be your ruin. Look what he says here. Let's read this again. Ezekiel 18 and 30. Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways. Now what you're doing and what somebody else is doing can be two different things, but God knows how to separate the chaff from the wheat. And God knows how to separate the 100-fold from the 60-fold and the 30-fold from the 90-fold. I'm on something because, you know, sometimes people say, well, I ain't, you know, I'm doing more than so-and-so. Well, you might be a 100-fold saint. And the person you're comparing yourself to is a 30-fold saint. They're doing all that they do. They can do. Uh, God said he's given to them according to their several ability. Uh, to much given, much is required. All right. Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, saith the Lord God. Repent and turn yourself from all of your transgressions, because if you don't, this thing will be your ruin. Get it right. Come on, somebody, those things that you know that are not pleasing to God, you've done the wrong thing, now do the right thing. If thou dost well, shall thou not be accepted? If thou dost not well, sin lieth at the door. My God. And saints, listen, the searchlight is on. Come on, somebody. God is looking for those that will put him first, that will honor him. Come on, somebody. My God, that wants to be like him. I counsel thee to buy of me gold that's been tried. Come on, somebody. Let me make you, mold you, shape you into what I would have you to be. And so when I look at you, I see myself. My God. But if we know to do and don't do. My God. Let me see if I can find this scripture I'm looking for. Got a good one. Um, Hmm. I don't think I done lost it. Just take no. Let me see. All right. Um, Hebrews ten and and twenty two. Hebrews 10 and 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, creating me a clean heart, renewing me a right spirit, and our bodies washed with pure water. Look at verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. This is what we do, saints. Let us do it without wavering. 
for he is faithful that promise. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and unto good works. 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see, can you see it? The day approaching. Look at verse 26. For if we sin willfully, my God, to know that God is not pleased with your uh, attitude, he's not pleased with your actions, he's not pleased with your method of operation, your, your MO, and continue to do so, he then turns it into verse 26, for if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. What I did at Calvary's cross, it's not effective in your case anymore. You've walked right out of your blood covering. My God. Each and every one of you, I don't want to be, I don't want my living to be in vain. Amen. Lord, show me the way. I want to beat that sweet smelling savor that's in his nostril. Amen. Certainly, uh, repentance, repentance is key. It's the first of our principles of the doctrine. It's key in seeing God's face in peace. And Brother Paul said, be zealous, be zealous to repent. Amen. Uh, let us not be stiff-necked and again sane people. Amen. But be willing to repent. Jeremiah, cannot I do with the clay? Come on, somebody. Cannot I do with Israel what this potter does with the clay? Amen. Let him mold you and make you and shape you what he would have you to be. Come on, somebody. Time is running out. Anybody that's been in that pottery class and worked with clay after it becomes so hard, my God, it's to be thrown out. Time for working the clay, uh, being uh, uh, workable and bendable and flexible. After a while, it becomes inflexible. It becomes brittle. And it can't be uh, maneuvered anymore. Can't be shaped anymore. Time is running out. Jeremiah, go down to one who's known as the potter. My God. Israel, why can't I do with you? New grace, why can't I do with you as the potter does with the clay? Let him perfect your saints. Amen, and don't let it be said too late. May God bless you. May God keep you. We will cons uh, finish this topic if the Lord says the same. Amen. Uh, certainly, I want to know if there's somebody that's under the sound of my voice. You have not been baptized. You haven't been filled with a precious gift of the Holy Spirit by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And you want to be saved before it's everlasting too late. Call me, 734-477-6891, 734-477-6891.
Amen. Jesus said, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. Those are the two things necessary. My God, to see God's face in peace. My God, everybody's going to see him, but not everybody's going to see his face in peace. If you're under the sound of my voice and if you have yet to prepare yourself and do it his way, my God, call me 734-477-6891. Amen. We will return your call. We will share with you in the Bible. We have ministers on staff that will share with you with us, saith the Lord. We will baptize you in Jesus' name. And we have a great big God that will fill your spirit, fill you with his spirit by the evidence of speaking in other tongues and send you on your way rejoicing. Oh, yes, you'll hear yourself speak. He'll make a believer out of you. Amen. May God bless you. May God keep you is our prayer.